everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's going awesome, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just uh, moved to the upstairs apartment. Very so nice. rather than living in a big like conference room space mm-hmm. <laughs> with no opening windows or really windows you could see out of or whatever, yeah. uh, we have now remodeled and moved to the apartment upstairs. Very and nice. it's awesome. I watched the craziest lightning storm I've ever seen in my whole life. It lightning back to back to back, like lightning, lightning, lightning oh. for like an hour straight. It was crazy. Wow. And it was like wind going everywhere and it was raining super hard. It was like three in the morning. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And poor Maverick is losing his poor little mind. He's so scared of the thunder Aww. now. Ever since that ice storm where the right. tree fell in our yard he's got like ptsd from that that's <laughs> so. fair that's fair anyway so he and i got up and watched the storm together and it was Aww. awesome i love lightning storms i love to watch it i know i wanted we have like a little porch it's not very big it's mm-hmm. like uh but it's enough for like four people to go sit out and be on the deck and i wanted to go out there but it was raining so hard that it had completely soaked everything so even though it's completely covered and everything it was mm-hmm. all soaked and i was like that's a lot of lightning maybe i yeah. shouldn't be on the water soaked deck while i am watching <laughs> so i right. stayed inside oh gosh that's crazy perhaps the storms are the best part about ohio so far Probably I mean, only, you know yeah <laughs> that's it no uh uh no it's it's fun to watch though yeah well we're recording this a little early because i'll be in oregon for my birthday so this comes out september 11th ah i know shit i feel like i should have my story has nothing to do with lightning or september 11th i was not thinking ahead or your birthday or anything I'm sorry, Caitlin. Wake me up when September ends. My gosh. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh goodness. Uh, All right. Let's let's get into this because we've been chatting already and I've been filling my drinks. Oh no, we need to tell you what we're drinking. What the fucking drink is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh oh dear. no. Okay. So um this well, I'll let you start before I tell you it's not my favorite. <laughs> oh that's fair well what's it called i have the what the f is it called it's like a cranberry orange mule or no not a mule oh no it's a cranberry orange whiskey sour that's right that's right yes but it's kind of like a moscow mule in a whiskey sour yeah had a baby kind of sure yeah sort of maybe okay. not really yeah i mean okay just let's listen to what's inside of okay, it I'm this, sorry. okay i'm sorry the, these portions make two drinks so this is for two drinks okay you can do half a cup of cranberry juice you can do four ounces of whiskey a fourth cup of simple syrup a fourth cup of freshly squeezed orange juice a juice of a lime and four ounces of ginger beer and there you have it that's where i came the ginger beer of course yes always yeah. makes me I don't know. It's a lot of ingredients. It's a lot. And you shake it up, you know, and pour it out. Uh, What do you think of it? Again, if you like whiskey, you'll love it. It's yeah. yeah, But 
it's just I'm not much of a I don't really like the flavor of whiskey so that's all I can really taste even though there's so many flavors going on but it's pretty and it's festive and I mean I'll still drink it but I bet you could make a lot of it in a punch bowl Mm. like it would be a great fall party kind of punch bowl where you're looking to get the party started yeah I guess everyone will be fighting later I don't know what happens but (laughs) yeah I hate whiskey happy holidays I know yeah like Um, let's just take the whiskey out pop some vodka in and I'm a happy camper yeah I guess we like the light alcohol it's not really dark man it's true (laughs) hey but we're trying okay we're trying yeah for you guys the listeners yeah so if you like whiskey you'll like it I have more whiskey in my stupid bar than I even know what to do with because I don't drink it otherwise (laughs) yeah anyway all right all right I'll stop bitching about whiskey I apologize that's fair no it's okay I I understand all right all right Caitlin kick us off all right, this story is about Laura Justray. Laura Justray? Okay. Justray. J-A-S-T-R-E. Justray. I feel like I probably nailed it. Justray. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What's her first name again? I've already forgotten it now that I'm... Laura. Laura Justray. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. So Laura is 29 years old. Okay. And we're in Cannon County, Tennessee. Okay. It is January 15th, 2017. All right, all right. So, so Laura, time. what? Winter time. Yeah, yeah. Just on an aside already. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Have you seen the real estate prices in fucking Tennessee? They're insane. No, they're so high. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done talking. I am shocked at how high they are, but they're high in Tennessee. I mean, yeah. like Nashville, million dollar really homes. Every fucking other one. All right, well, I'm I've done. been. I mean, I've been looking in L.A. and that's a. Yeah, yeah. want to kill yourself before you Kinda. get in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Are you, are you good? Are you ready? Yes, back to Laura. Okay. So Laura is in a car with her friends, 42-year-old David Wooten and 19-year-old Lizzie Clement. Okay. So David is driving with Lizzie in the back seat and Laura's in the passenger seat. Okay. They're on their way to another friend's house where they usually go to do meth. Oh, dear. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. That's not good. I mean, that was the plan that day. Like, that was what they were going to do. Okay. We're off to, you guys want to go party? Let's go do a couple rails. We're going to go do some math. Rails? Is that what they call it? Well, that's what my boss once offered me one time. Really? (laughs) He offered you math? Yeah. Yeah. What? She was like, because she knew that I smoked pot. So apparently that just means that you the do all drugs. The gateway drug, of course, Michelle. Yeah. No, like I do not. I've never done any <laughs> white drugs in my whole life. And so she's like, hey, you want to come over and do a couple rails? And I was like, nah, girl. <laughs> and don't you do those either. Because she had been like clean Crazy. for eight years or something. And I was oh. like, no, I'm not going to do meth with you. I'm sorry. So Okay. Say no to meth. It's terrible. (laughs) All right. Well, when they pulled up, 36-year-old Robert Jesse Mount uh, was in the driveway. Okay. So he's like waiting for him? Well, just listen. Okay. So Laura knew Robert from her group of friends, but she hadn't really seen him in more than over a month at this time. Okay. So they knew of him. Got it. Got it. 
So when they pulled up, before they could even put the car in park, Robert pulled out a gun and just opened fired at the car. Oh. So David, who was driving, he was shot several times and passed away instantly in the car. Oh. I know. What Laura, is going on with this guy? Well, we you'll hear. Out? You'll find out, yes. Okay. Laura and Lizzie actually start running inside the house, but Robert follows them. Oh my gosh. So Robert shoots Laura four times. Oh. And he also shoots Lizzie several times as well. Oh. But while Lizzie is down, he gets on top of Laura holding now a hunting knife in one hand and a box cutter in the other. Oh. He begins stabbing her with both knives. Laura was using her hands to protect her, especially her face, because that's what he was going for. But unfortunately, the box cutter got through and catches her right in the eye. Oh, oh my God. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Eyeballs are the worst. Yeah, I know. He starts cutting at her neck. He cuts her abdomen. He's just cutting all along her body. What the fuck is going on with this guy? And then he actually just leaves the women to die. He's like, okay, I've done enough damage. I'm out now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So both women are now just bleeding out. Mm -hmm. So the owner of the home comes back. And he has his eight-year-old son with him. And that's when they found both women. And they found them an hour after the attack. So they've been laying there for an hour. Oh, my God. I wonder, well, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering, like, are they conscious? What is going through their minds? Like, I'm Mm going to die. I mean, oh, my God. Well, Laura states... When they found me, my neck was completely cut open and my insides were on the bed. I had no pulse. I'm covered head to toe in blood. So she was almost pretty much dead at that point. Oh my God. Ugh. So Laura and Lizzie were rushed to St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital and then flown via life flight to Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Wow. Unfortunately, Lizzie did not survive. Oh, due to her injuries. My little 19 year old. I know. That's sad. Laura was shot four times and stabbed 37 times. Oh my God. That guy had some rage. He did. Regardless of why he did it, there's something there. So her hands had multiple uh, scars, and two of her fingers are not able to move. Just too much Mm. nerve damage that she took. She spent five months in the hospital and had 29 surgeries the right side surgeries yeah the right side of her face was reconstructed with titanium and has an acrylic eye from the box cutter incident oh those box cutters are i mean they're razors sharp sharp as hell Mm -hmm. oh my god i yeah so Laura wonders why she survived and not her two friends. She wants to use her story to hopefully convince people to stay off and quit drugs. Hmm. She states, you may think you're deep in the drug world and deep into the lifestyle and you can't get out, but you can. And it's not worth it. Hmm. But she has one regret and she says, 
her regret is not being able to say goodbye to her friends. She says David would give you his shirt off his back and just so compassionate and sweet. And Lizzie was such a fighter and young. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, she was young. My goodness. So Robert, the guy, now we'll get to him. He received cuts on his hands and legs from dealing with those two knives. So mm. he actually took himself to the hospital. Me now. Yeah. Sorry, at I'm Stowe annoyed. Pre- <laughs> you should be. Yeah. At Stoke Crest Medical Center. After he left the hospital, he went home, but that's when officers found him. They were hiding underneath his staircase and then they just arrest him. Because oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the reason that he did it. Mm. Robert went to that house. It was an acquaintance to him. So he kind of knew the person who owned the house. But his intent was to burglarize the house. So he's going to rob this house. Before he could break in, that's when the car pulled up. And that's when he just lost it. Panicked and just there can be no witnesses, I guess. Even though he didn't do anything yet. Yeah, Yeah, he could have just left. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, hey, guys, I do know you. I'll see you later. Or I was trying to get some meth also. Okay, well, we'll chat later. Goodbye. Yeah, but no, he's like, oh, everyone has to die. Like, it's just so dumb. It's It's my only option. Yeah. It's just so irritating. Like, what a idiot. Like, I'm so mad. This is okay. So he pled guilty in August of 2021 to two counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted first-degree murder. Mm. He is sentenced to life in prison and will not be eligible for parole until he's 88 years old. Wow. Well, I mean, kind of good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But Laura is actually, she's doing great and she's sober and she just really wants to get her story out about, you know, how you can get off drugs yeah, and just live a more fulfilling and, and happy life. So that's... I always, I I have a lot of compassion for drug addicts. Do I think mm-hmm. you made a lot of poor choices? Yeah. Yeah, clearly. But... I think there's just such a yearning for belonging and community Mm. and that group that you can go do drugs with is gives you that as Mm. you know as tenuous and thin as it is you're still have a group that you belong to and I think that is almost what can drive addiction sometimes it's just that craving to be close to other people in some capacity maybe i'm totally mistaken i'm not a fucking psychologist or a doctor (laughs) i mean nor am i but yeah no i can definitely see that but also i mean it is just super addicting just the way it makes you feel oh well that's why i never did it i just I felt like I would like it too much. And, you know, yeah, I like cleaning my house in the middle of the night. Do I sometimes wish I had a little pep more than coffee? Yeah. Yeah. That's I have a friend who um, has an Adderall uh, prescription. Oh, you know, it's just like, hey, you want a couple? And it's like, yeah, motherfucker, I do want a couple, but I'm not gonna. Because I know I just can't go down that road. 
Yeah. Uh, that's so yeah, it turns out Michelle likes drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done them because I feel like, yes, I would in fact like them very much. <laughs> hey, at least you know that about yourself, Michelle. That's true. That's true. Right? And Sweet Valley High scared the it's, shit out oh of me. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, Sweet yeah. Valley High. You're going to fucking hear it again, Caitlin. She died. Okay. I, oh my God. After one time, you one can One time die. of doing cocaine, she died. So yeah, I I just can't do it. And then poor Amy, who gave her the drugs, was a complete outcast. And no one liked her anymore. So. <laughs> hey, at least it worked. I mean. Regina. Okay. Okay. I swear to God, I've only read. Okay. Not true now. But back in the day, I'd only read like two books. And those were the it. <laughs> There's like a million of these fucking Sweet Valley High books. Oh, and it's a book? Read- I thought it was like an after school special. No, it's a series of books. What? You don't know Sweet Valley High? No, oh my of God. course I'm not. I'm getting flushed. I'm like breaking down to a sweat. How old do you think I am? Well, old enough to know who's fucking Sweet Valley High is. <laughs> yeah, good luck on the three swear words this time, Caitlin. There's a whole lot more coming your way. <laughs> Dang it. How do you not know? Anyway, there's. I just know the after school specials, you know, after school you go home those and were like... there was one with what's her name i can't even remember now where she was on pcp or angel dust or that's probably i the don't same know thing. the names and she flew out the window you know so that also scared me and it was uh, back in the day where like a lot there was a lot of, you know you do acid one time you could have a bad trip and you're fucked up for life that scared okay. me really bad too like i don't want right. to think i have spiders on me for my whole life that's fair so that I stayed that away fair. from acid. It could that. change, yeah. Doesn't it change like your chemical brain thing? I know meth does. First time you try it, it changes your yeah, the chemicals in your brain. Okay. I think it actually even like changes the shape of your brain. Probably not, but I had read that somewhere, I think. No, meth fucks you okay. up, man. <laughs> Sorry. God. Okay. 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 We went on a drug tirade. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. That's that's the the that's the bottom it. line that's how i feel uh <laughs> every week's okay but not for kids okay obviously. michelle okay 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 okay, okay okay we're bringing it back we're bringing it back uh good job laura <laughs> thank you michelle i mean that takes so much strength to survive 37 stabbings and shot four times like that's that's incredible that's the human body is amazing, honestly. And also kicking an addiction at the same time. That's like, true. Well done. I mean, mm-hmm. you add this whole other complexity of right. feeling rotten and but still persevering and doing it. I mean, yeah. well done. Absolutely. Again, we say this every time I edit, we always say this, but I cannot imagine going through that. I could not imagine going through that. No, Good job. like how does anyone survive? being stabbed more than 30 times i mean that's insane absolutely to me. yeah oh, even God. just shot four times that's a alone yeah i forgot all about the gunshots of course yeah oh it's yeah, insane that it is crazy and her having no pulse and they just you know saved her life that's crazy and having her insides out like ugh. oh yeah okay. that's graphic it is graphic so Good job, Laura. Way to be tough, brave. I'm so sorry that your friends unfortunately passed away because some idiot was a stupid. Okay. Just, yeah. I'm just going to stop there. Just, uh, 
beep yeah just like, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. oh my gosh but um so happy to hear that you're doing great and thank you for sharing your story and let's move on to michelle I don't like, I feel like I say this all the time, but I don't even want to tell my story now. <laughs> That's right. You do say that too. Like my story is hella vanilla compared to that story. No, there's no vanilla. We can't compare. No, it's Everyone's story is legit. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. All right, shoot. Well, I got this kick-ass book in the mail that mm-hmm. I found on eBay. I'm very excited. So it's a Reader's Digest Survival Against the Odds. Love it. So this is like just chock full of delightful and dramatic stories. Of I love it. That's great. So of course, they're all true. And um, so I have another one coming, but this one is clearly from the 90s. So that's where our story is coming from today. All right. <laughs> it's from the 90s. All right. Let me find it here in this kick-ass book. <clears throat> oh gosh i know i'm sorry okay i'm taking this back to january 7th 1990 and this story is about 11 year old alex nicholas okay so on this sunday morning alex is hella excited because <laughs> he's going out with his family and this is in colorado excuse me oh yes He's going out with his family to help launch their friend's hot air balloon. Ooh. So they're going to go meet their friend, Tex Houston, to get this balloon prepped and get it up in the air. So Alex has been ready for this for some time. So Dave Hollenbaugh, another character, well, not character, person, (laughs) (laughs) because he's, you know, a real life person yes another guy in our story so dave is 60 and he's just waking up and feeling super crappy like he's got the flu or something and he's just been feeling miserable and he really wanted to stay in bed but he had also promised tex his name is tex houston i feel like that can't be a real name but who knows (laughs) anyway He had also promised Tex to help launch the balloon. So he's like, I better get up and get to helping like I promised I would. Unlike Michelle, who was like, I'm slightly sick on Sunday or so I can't do the podcast. Let's do it tomorrow. You threw up. So I think it's legit. Yeah. Oh, man. If I had tried to have alcohol, it would have not been fun (laughs) at all. Okay. So back to Alex and this hot air balloon so dave and alex's family all arrive shortly after sunrise tex is already there and along with five other balloonists and their crews so it's not just him obviously lifting up right actually have you ever seen a whole bunch of hot air balloons in the air yes it's so cool it is really cool down in napa they do a big thing every year and you just look out and there's like a hundred hot air balloons in the air at once and it's really really neat to look at this particular balloon that they're working with is called the yellow rose and so it's just a big huge yellow hot air balloon so i guess the yellow rose of texas isn't that a thing i don't feel like it is (laughs) anyway point is there's a bunch of other people going up in the air at once as they're getting their stuff together 
Alex and his father, George, are hauled off to uh the to like, I don't know, hold the top of the hot air balloon. So they're at the crown. So I'm assuming they're at the very top. So they're kind of holding it while, I don't know, I guess they're just holding the very tip of it while the rest of it fills up with air. Gotcha. So I think it's just a kind of a way to keep it, the air, the hot air sort of flowing in properly. Okay. Anyway, so that's where they are. Tex has climbed into the wicker basket and he's lighting the propane tanks and getting the helping get the air inside the balloon. And then there's a couple other ground crew members that are holding the basket down with ropes okay. while they're filling it. So before long, now the balloon is up in the air. So they've gotten it all filled. It's as high as an eight-story building. I've actually Whoa. never seen one like super close and I didn't Me realize either. that they were that big. Uh, But they are. So Alex is hella jazzed to see this hot air balloon like in action in front of him. And really at the time, anything mechanical fascinated him, especially things that fly. So airplanes and helicopters, I'm presuming. (laughs) So they mentioned that Alex has ADD, attention deficit disorder. So I think it's to imply that he's like all over the place. And is really just fascinated with all the different things that are going on. Okay. I don't know. It talks about he's impulsive and easily distracted and his moods and emotions could swing wildly. Interesting. Okay. Or widely. I put in the wildly. Okay. So whereas uh, Dave, who is also a helper, uh, he was the opposite. So he's an Air Force pilot for 24 years and he's very methodical and unemotional. So now the yellow rose is ready to take flight. So Alex and Tex take off on a routine, delightful hot air balloon ride. (laughs) Anyway, so George, Alex's dad and family and the other crew members all kind of climb into a van so they can follow the hot air balloon. Okay. So they can sort of drive after it and then be there when they land and, you know, the whole thing. Because, you know, who knows kind of where this thing is going to land. It just follows the wind. So kind of one thing worth noting is that there is, in fact, a CB radio on the hot air balloon. So there's all the controls. There's the big propane tank. There's Alex and Tex and a CB radio. (laughs) So just just to mention... So Alex watches his family grow smaller as they're driving behind him in the van. And he's just completely in awe. And of course, he just immediately starts bombarding Tex with all these questions. Like, how does this work? How does it go up? How does it go down? What is this cord? What, you know, as kids do. And Tex answered every question carefully. And he watched as he pulled uh, the lanyard attached to the burner valve or re- releasing all the propane. The you know, making the balloon go up and they, he, between burns, they, you know, Tex gave Alex a little bit of some flight instructions and was pointing out different things. And after about a half an hour, Tex realized that the breeze was picking up. Okay. Like it's going a little bit faster than he wants. And the other balloons, the other like five balloons that were there are way ahead now. And he's realizing that they're like a full two miles away or so 
And so, and they're heading downwards. So they're beginning their descent and getting out of the air. So mm -hmm. Tex realizes, you know what? We should also probably start to land. Okay. And so he tells Alex to sort of crouch down in the corner of the basket. And he's like, we may be in for a bumpy landing. Uh, and so he goes and he sees a flat piece of land and is starting to go down. He radios to the car and is like, hey, we're landing over here. And all the folks in the car see him start to go down. And then he like pops back up again. And what had happened is he saw a bunch of barbed wire and a power line. Oh, so he couldn't land in that area without risk of destroying the power line, electrocuting everyone, or also destroying his balloon on the barbed wire. That's fair. So he's, he pops back off and they keep on looking around. And so now Dave, who is also in the car, I don't think I mentioned that. I apologize. Dave is like, why hasn't Tex landed the balloon yet? Clearly there's more wind. It's time to get this thing down. He's got a kid in there. And so he's like, hey man, yellow rose, what's your intentions? Are you going to be landing soon? And he and Tex was like, I have, I see another flat space. So I'm going to go try to land over there. So it's a big snow covered sort of flat area that he snow. Made. Yeah, they're in January. Oh, okay. So there's but it's snow snowy. Around. Okay. Yeah. But it's still flat. So they bring the the balloon down, but it kind of because of the winds, I'm presuming. The top half of the balloon, so the actual balloon part, was way ahead of the basket part when it landed. And so it ended up kind of bouncing and dragging the basket along. Oh. And what happened is Tex bounced out of the basket. <gasps> and then up in the air it went again <gasps> with just Alex. Oh, and, my gosh. And there were, I mean, they... So the car sees the yellow rose touch down and they're like, hooray, he's landed. Let's get over there. But there was like a hillside. So they couldn't see it until all of a sudden they see it pop back up in the air. And they were like, what the hell? And they got to the landing point and they're like, there's Tex. Where's Alex? And he's oh like, my gosh. oh my God, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Alex is up there. Oh my gosh. So just then they heard the radio sort of crackle in the car and they hear Alex, help me, help me. I'm alone oh, up oh in the God. air balloon. And of course, Tex is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Alex's mother and sister who were in the car with his dad just start crying and are like, what are we going to do? This is like a worst case scenario. And so Dave being our, you know, veteran air pilot, just calmly takes the CB and he's like, hey, kid, you're the pilot now. I'm going to teach you how to fly this thing. Oh, my gosh. It so starts walking Alex through how to fly a hot air balloon. <laughs> Crazy. So now the question becomes, how do I teach him how to fly without overloading him with information? Because okay. the concern is there's, from what I can tell from reading this story, and I apologize if I'm right, there's essentially three main cords that you can pull. 
there's the cord to get the propane going, which shoots propane, the hot air up mm-hmm. into the balloon, which makes you go up. There is a vent, which makes the propane or the hot air leave the balloon. So you start coming down. Or there's also a rip cord, which plummets you to the earth. And so he was scared that if he told Alex too much that he would get confused and pull the ripcord and then go plummeting to his death. So it was kind of a, you need to do this and you need to do do this gently and was really specific on which cord to pull and all that kind of stuff. He's follow. So Alex in the basket is following all of Dave's instructions and realizing, Hey, I can fly this thing. This isn't so bad. Oh, wow. Pretty good. And so back to our chase van, they're like trying to follow the balloon still. And they end up meeting up with some of the other balloonists that were up in the air earlier. And they're jumping in to help Dave walk Alex through landing the yellow rose. So fortunately, we had like an instructor on board. And I mean, there was a lot of people with a lot of experience. But Dave was the one that kind of talked Alex through the whole thing. So he took advice from other people, but he was the one doing the talking. Gotcha. And he just kept calm and kept Alex calm the entire time. Dave asked Alex, he's like, okay, I need you to slowly bring the balloon down so we can help you land. And so he tells him how to sort of handle the burns. And I apologize, I'm not real up on all the terminology, but he. You know, he's like, now burn, one, two, stop. Okay, now burn, you know, and so he was just very methodical okay. and slow. And so with his help, with Dave's help, Alex was able to bring the balloon down from 2,000 feet to 200 feet. Oh, wow. So he's Yeah, he's making his way down. He actually ended up sailing over a farmhouse and he was just like 90 feet above it and barely missed a power line. Oh so my gosh. Alex is doing a good job, but actually has really not a good idea of how much danger he's actually in. Right. The wind has picked up incredibly and he's coming closer down. It's hard. You know, they're trying to steer him towards a flat space, but it's difficult and right as he gets to the point, they're in the chase car, watching the hot air balloon go across the street, like right in front of him. And once he got to about 50 feet, that's when Dave was like, okay, Alex, reach up and rip that, pull that rip cord. You got to pull it, pull it, pull it and get all the hot air out of that balloon. And so that's what he did managed to get that thing pulled and it deflated quickly and sank really rapidly and he's just like keep on pulling keep on pulling also get into the corner of the basket once more because you're probably going to crash land (laughs) so he did and the basket hits the ground and then it bounced one time and then it got dragged for quite a while from all of the air in the balloon But then it finally settled down on its side and the balloon sort of collapses. And so when all was still, out emerges Alex, completely uninjured. (laughs) is feeling actually just wildly proud of himself. He should. Fifth grader. Yeah. Essentially brought down a hot air balloon. He made a textbook high wind landing. (laughs) 
what he managed to do. Again, because of Dave's easygoing and calming voice, Alex never really realized the full danger that he was in. And of course, his parents got to him and just swept him up in his arms and was like, thank God, and crying all over the place. So when he got down, Alex and Dave hadn't actually met at that point yet. They had just sort of been helping. And so when Alex saw him, he's like, I thought you were younger. (laughs) He was like, well, I was a lot younger before this started. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Anyway, uh, what's that? How old is he? A 60. Or Alex? Alex Alex is 11. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Could you even imagine? Oh, that's amazing. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be like, well, I'm swept off to Oz. I mean, yeah, I don't right? know what else is going to happen. <laughs> so the next day at school, Alex got this whole announcement over the intercom that he <gasps> landed this hot air balloon by himself. All the teachers praised his courage. And he was just like, I got through this balloon ride. I can get through anything. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's so cute. So, and then Dave was like, I never left the ground. And that was the toughest flight of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. Yeah, that's, oh my gosh. I mean, as a parent, that would be crazy. Like his parents, they don't know how to fly a hot air balloon. And now your kid is 2000 feet above the ground alone. No. Well, and a lot of times you can't even see him, you know, Mm -hmm. like when he would dip down, it was like, where'd that go? Yeah. God, could you imagine being Tex? You no. just got bounced out of the basket and it's like, oh, well, shit. Hopefully that kid makes it. My yeah. God. <laughs> My bad. Oopsies. Uh, sorry, guys. I guess there should have been a third person in the basket. That's crazy. That's so cute, though, at school. Like, he's a little hero. <laughs> I know. There's a picture of him actually getting a little reward. I don't know if you can see him. Oh, I can. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he's like, best day ever. Yeah, him and Dave, I think, both got accolades for their courage in the face of danger. That's so cute. Here's the yellow rose. As you can see, it's very yellow. <laughs> I love yellow. I love yellow. That was so good. That wasn't vanilla. Oh my gosh, that a lot of things could have happened. My God. You know, it occurred to me just now. I think I was probably like two years older than that kid in 1990. So he's oh. probably like 43 or 44. Yeah. <laughs> now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's hard to hear. Um, That's upsetting. I was in uh, eighth grade in 1990. Oh. Were you even fucking born? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I'm done. I'm like 91. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Caitlin. (laughs) Oh Lord. Wow. Well, uh, good job, Alex. Way to be brave at such a young age. I couldn't I don't know if I could do that. And good job, Dave, for keeping your cool. I would have been the mom or sister crying in the background. No, absolutely. I think it really helps when someone like in your, if you're in a panic situation and someone's there as like a calm, cool, collected, hey, it's going to be okay. Just do these steps. I think I would be able to like, okay, he's think he says oh, it's fine. Right. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm going to be just yeah, fine. having a panic attack at all. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Like going to be great. 
Yeah. So, okay. That's good. Well, uh, amazing. Amazing stories. Bravery. Some yeah. really strong uh, people. A lot of brave people as well. So, I know. Look- I wonder if Alec turned out to be like a daredevil or something. Or if like that was enough. Oh. You know, I... I wonder how this shaped the the future of his life. We have like he got a little itch for it now. Yeah, <laughs> he's like an adrenaline junkie now. He's climbing mountains and yeah. owns his own hot air balloon. And who knows? <laughs> who knows? That'd be cool. I mean, I would love to go on a hot air balloon. I think if they look beautiful, it'd be fun. I always thought I wanted one, but I just I think I would freak out. Like, you want one or you want to ride one no i've always wanted to ride in one. Oh, okay no, i don't want to own one good god okay, i was wondering <laughs> no nah, that is not for me i'll take like the champagne while we're floating above everything <laughs> but right no i just i get so queasy just even looking mm. over something that's really high or not even that high <laughs> it's still like ugh. Or in That's a video fair. game. If there's a cliff in a video game, I get all queasy. It's oh, like, interesting. Yeah. Huh. I don't think I'll be going on a hair, hot air balloon anytime soon. Well, plus you have to wake up like super early to go on one. Yeah, usually you have to be there around sunrise because that's like the best Ugh. time. But then you get to see the sunrise from up above there. Yeah. You're like, whatever. Uh, I'm out. I'll sleep in yeah. that morning. Seriously. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, uh, some amazing stories. Uh, I'm excited to hear more about your different stories in that book. This one was a great one. So starting off strong. Do you want me to read you some of the titles real quick before we sign off? They're really cool. You're like, bitch, no. Swamped in the cave of death. That sounds pretty interesting. Two of our engines are missing. There's an exclamation point. So I had to be dramatic about it. Face beneath water. Oh, yeah. These are, these are gems. I can't wait. Leopard attack. You're going to hear all of these. I can't wait. That's this great. was called Boy in a Runaway Balloon. Cute. I guess that's pretty. I mean, self-explanatory. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a follow and a like and a whatever, you know, yeah. something. Do all the things. All the things that, <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.